Chris Wendelkin, and this is On The Line, the NBA podcast where I talk to friends of mine about all things hoops. We're going to do some NBA deep dives, drafts, news, and notes from around the league. Thanks for tuning in. If you're new to the show, you can tweet at me at onthelinepod underscore pod. Find me on Instagram. Send me any of your questions to onthelinepod at gmail.com. Check out previous episodes on our website, onthelinepodcast.com. Uh, last, if you could rate, review, subscribe to the show in Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts, I greatly appreciate it. All right, guys, welcome back. Um, week one of the NBA playoffs is in the books. What an incredible week it's been. Uh, God, it, I, it just, as, as a diehard fan of the league, I, I got to say, I have not been disappointed in the least. Um, so I, I hope it's been enjoyable for you. Ben Craw is on the show today. Ben is obviously going to be co-hosting uh, the show with me over the course of the 2019 NBA playoffs. Very excited about that. Ben is the best. Um, ben and I went a little long today. We got a little carried away. So I'm actually thinking we will break this podcast into two parts, release uh, part one on uh, Friday, so you have something to listen to over the weekend, and then we'll we'll give you another piece on, uh, on Monday morning, our usual Monday podcast. So um, hang with us. Ben and I are still kind of figuring out the best day to release these podcasts. Obviously, the rapid nature of the league um, you know, it, 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 the league just moves so fast. These series change so fast that uh, I try to keep the time between when we record and when we release uh, to, to a minimum. But obviously, uh, scheduling is such that we can only do so much. So anyways, uh, that's, that's uh, way too much information for me. I hope you guys have enjoyed watching basketball. Here it is, part one with the one, the only, Ben Kral. All right, uh, my co-host for the 2019 NBA playoffs is on the line, Ben Craw. Ben, uh, we got a lot to discuss. An incredible oh, yeah. first week of postseason hoops. First of all, uh, how you doing? How you feeling? How's everything? Feeling great. Doing great. Playoffs are here. Yep. Uh, it's exciting. Yes. It's a whole new season. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, any, anything can happen. It's it's the best. It's what, I, it's what we live for. We were really ready for this. I have to say, I feel like, you know, we had our uh, fantasy basketball uh, episode that we did the other week. And I feel like, you know, to be honest with you, like we both had good competitive fantasy basketball teams that really carried us through. I, I feel like the last like two months of the season was just like without you know, fantasy basketball. I can't really imagine, imagine like uh, <laughs> like tuning in to just the like a NBA game, product like a Hornets game in March. Yeah. I mean, you know, I guess there were a couple teams that were still fighting for seeding and stuff. But yeah, yeah, that last that last week is and it feels like it's getting worse and worse with each season that the, the final like week is just like, yeah. Such brutal, brutal basketball to watch. I but, mean, fan- uh, fantasy yeah. really carried us across the finish line in terms of like our engagement. We're like hunting for stats, yeah. mining all the talent on these like tanking on these tanking teams. But yet, man, one more argument for uh, <laughs> for masochistically uh, extending your fantasy basketball season all the way to the f- till the final day of yes, the regular season. Exactly. Uh, e- even though it makes no real logical sense, it's it's kind of the only way to do it. Yeah. If you like basketball, but I will say you know so now that the fantasy season is in the rear view and we're finally here with the postseason with the nba i gotta say man like you you just remember that this is absolutely the best sport and we've been waiting for this for a very long time and god thank god it's here because it's been an, an amazing first week yeah it really has i mean they're like we'll run down you know each series um i would say that not many of them feel all that 
competitive in the big picture, but man, we have had some individual games that are just going to go down yeah. as unforgettable. You yeah. Know, which I mean, we'll get to. Yeah, I feel like the, the game within the game, the war within each series has been really fun. Like, you, mm-hmm, you know, even mm-hmm. when you, even when there's like a sort of a presumptive favorite in a series, you're kind of like, well, I wonder if this team, this team can take it six games or seven games. Even that is super fun to me. Like, I am tuning in for all those little chess matches. Yeah. Um, I was saying to you offline, Ben, like we don't have any real structure here. Uh, like you and I have been watching these games like crack addicts pretty much every night. Um, so that's like that, that that's, we're just running with our uh, gut in terms yeah, of like, unlike our, unlike our usual, extremely rigid, ex- <laughs> right. extremely disciplined, um, you know, pre-planned, yes. uh, you know, uh, we, weeks and weeks of, of uh, pre, you know, pre-editing and pre-production. Yes. Uh, no, this one's going to be, different yeah oh man yeah sorry sorry everyone uh, and for the audience at home let me say ben can be just a brutal brutal producer he'll just be like cw let's take give me another take i need you to run i'm a bit of a perfectionist um (laughs) you know people call me a a kubrick sometimes uh (laughs) yeah when it when it comes to my podcasting uh direction style but uh god hey it's worth it man you know yeah you gotta do it you gotta do things right so i feel like maybe uh, i don't know the best place to begin i wonder if we should just go series by series Cool. And do and do like a little. I don't know if you have like a like a stopwatch at the, at the handy. Yeah, uh, you know what? But, but got... you know something where we can do a little. You know, yep. a few minutes. Obviously, some of these series I think will will have more to say on than others. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, we could just kind of run. I mean, you know, I think I, I got like a stopwatch. Touch we, on. We have. Let's see. We have eight playoff series. Mm-hmm. Why don't I put? I don't know. Four to five minutes on the clock for each series, and we'll just. Sh- We'll sure. just talk. All right. Yeah, sounds good. All right. Where do you want to begin? Well, I mean, we have our our little document of notes yeah. here that we've been keeping track of, so we could just start at the top of that. Yeah. I feel Warriors like. Clips? Uh, I mean, yeah. Um, okay. All right. Ready? I would say, yeah. Let's and, let's do it. And uh, we're on the clock, so here we go. Boom. So this series is interesting. I would call it a bit of a a paradox, if you will, because. It's probably the series that has the most obvious, um, you know, foregone conclusion of an outcome, but it also contains probably what will go down as the best game, if not um, of this entire playoffs, like at least of the first round, um, which is, of course, the game to come back by the Clippers. So, um, yeah, I'm totally down to just go over that i mean it's you know a couple days old now so yeah, i don't know I, if this I, is i no, i think like for me this is probably the signature moment of the week um yeah like i mean I, let's let's set it up here so yeah game three was played last night we're rec- recording this on friday uh uh game three the warriors came out and just totally dominated uh you know durant just like silenced all all the critics the noise and, and bullshit yep. from game two yep. um this series is effectively over i think it's pretty safe to say but uh game two is still gonna be like f- remembered as just an absolutely like magical standout moment in i would say basketball history yeah i dude i i totally agree i feel like Honestly, whatever happens with this series moving forward, the Clippers have already won. Like there, yeah. there was something won here already, and totally, I think there is now like doubt in the minds of the Warriors, or there's like there's there's doubt about like the Warriors moving forward. That like the fact that they were up by what was it thirty one points, and yes, blue. that magical number, that magical number of thirty one, right? Um, which of course, um. 
you know, it, it is, uh, is significant uh, considering their history of blowing 3-1 leads, um, you know, in, in previous uh, right. pl- playoff scenarios. Of course, um, of course. So bringing back that whole 3-1 narrative is, is super fun. But ultimately, it, yeah, it's pretty, I think it's going to be, you know, inconsequential for the series. But um, but my guy, what a what an incredible moment. Um, you know, like this Clippers team, let, let's just talk about it. I mean, they're... Yeah. We love them. We we love Montrez Harrell. We love Lou Williams. Uh, we obviously absolutely adore Patrick Beverly, like our like our long lost son. Yes. Um, it, they're just you know they're super scrappy. They're they're like every all the cliches that mm-hmm. that you you know talk about sports, the underdog mentality. The you know as as their coach Doc Rivers called them, the cockroaches that won't that, that's right. you know that won't go away. Um, they just embodied that and just like it, it was like a Hollywood story in, in game two coming back from that massive deficit and probably. So um, can I ask how you found out about the game, how you watched the game? Like, did you see the comeback in real time? Did you did you No, much that? like the vast majority of, of East Coast uh, viewers? Um, I, you know, was watching a little bit following mm-hmm. along in the first half, you know, by the time they were up 30 in the third quarter. Right. Um it was like you know whatever midnight on the east coast, yes. so I, uh, I had to check out. Yep. I, I woke up to a string of text messages yep. um, from you and our and our fellow NBA fan friends, um, and then pr- promptly watched the entire game um, recap on uh, not not the recap but the full game on NBA.com. Which shout out to technology. Um, shout out technology. What a fucking age we live in that you can just. Do wake that. up the next morning and watch an entire NBA game be, with the ability to scan through, jump around, not not watch commercials. It's awesome. Uh, yeah, I feel league, like on the pass uh, on the East Coast, there's always a moment, right, when it's like you know, if you if you're a diehard NBA fan, you know, and like it's it's oh, that's that's the stopwatch. Hang on, oh, is that already five minutes? Jesus, yeah, we haven't even talked. Minutes. We haven't even talked about the specifics. The game. Um, I'm going to give us another extra couple minutes here as an East coast, like NBA diehard fan, you know, there's always like that moment where you're watching a game. It's like the third game of the night and it's, you know, 12, 15, 12, 30. You're, if you're anything like me, you're like falling asleep. You're struggling to stay awake. If the team is, if one team is winning by 30 points, you're like, all right, you know, I get what's happening here. It's time. for bed. I got an early morning, you know, like I I can watch the highlights. I can, I can sort of understand what's happening here and you cut your losses and, and yeah, man, same thing. I woke up uh, the next morning after the game and there was just a string of messages. And uh, you know how on your iPhone, you'll just see like the last message that was submitted. Mm-hmm. So like in a, in a text thread and like all I saw was like I had a few different threads and they're all NBA related. And everyone was like, that game was crazy. Another mm-hmm. one was like, that was insane. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> and then I saw our fr- our friend Lucas, who's a Clippers fan wrote something like, I love this team. And I was like, yeah, okay. All I know is something very magical happened. I know it probably means like the Clippers got back in it. I don't know if they won or they lost, but like, all I know is I'm not talking to anyone this morning. I'm turning off my phone. I'm not looking yep. at the internet, taking my dog to the dog park, coming back, 
back and watching that game over breakfast. Yeah. And it was incredible, man. It was just, it was, it was inspired. And like I said, I think it's, it's the sort of thing that's going to, it's going to like live on way past this season. You know what I mean? Like it is now part of the Clipper DNA. It's part of the Clipper brand. Like when they have free agent meetings, this, this becomes like a selling point, you know, that like oh, absolutely. They, they're this grit and grind kind of team. They're this hustle team. They're this team with like a backbone. And, um, and I don't know, like we can talk about the different individual performances in that game, whether it's, you know, guys like Jamichael Green, Montrez Harrell, uh, Landry Shamit, Patrick Beverly, O'Shea Gilgis Alexander had a, had a huge play with a jump ball. But I don't really know, like we, we were texting, like how you quantify or how you value what <laughs> Pat Beverly does for that team. Yeah. Because he so clear, you know, he, he was matched up versus Kevin Durant. I don't know. Durant must have like, what do you think? Five, six inches on him? Like he's, he's. Yeah. I mean, Durant's 6'11 and Pat Bev is 6'4. Yeah, sure. Right. Something like that. Yeah. He's probably got like five, six inches on him. Yeah. So, you know, he's like undersized. They match him up versus Durant. And let's face it, like he dominated that matchup. Like he won. Well, in game two, he did. Yes. Yes. In game two. I'm just just about the comeback here. Like he won that matchup. Like he. Oh, absolutely. He got. I mean, Durant had one of his worst games of his entire career in game two. Took eight shots, had nine turnovers, and, um, and fouled just out. wanted just just wanted yeah, and fouled out for the first time in his uh, uh, career to foul out in a playoff game. Um, yeah, just wanted absolutely nothing to do with that entire game. You could tell from the beginning he was just like, "Fuck this, I don't want to play this game." Yeah, and <laughs> which is could, which is what Pat Beverly does. Yeah, Patrick Beverly like sucked his, like he just like sucked his like will to like live and compete yeah. out of he just, out of his he body. just makes the game not fun. Yes, <laughs> for anyone playing against him, and it was incredible to watch. Like that sounds like such a silly like come on like like you sort of thing you roll your eyes out like this is like the MVP of the league, Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like what do you, what telling me he's not going to compete but Patrick Beverly like so got in his head and so like just robbed him of his like competitive spirit and it was incredible Mm -hmm. to see them claw back from 31 points down so um yeah obviously now the the Warriors now have the advantage they're they're winning the series two games to one we like you said we fully expect the Warriors to win this series but for me, I mean, this game, that game too, was like the signature moment of the of the week for me, or it certainly is, was one of them. Yeah, it's going to go down in history. Um, I mean, I, I believe it was, in fact, the largest comeback in, in NBA playoff history. Largest comeback in the history of the NBA playoffs. Yep. I, I guess I guess they determined that based on like the lead in the second half. I don't know exactly. I mean, I assume there have been like maybe larger leads in the first half or yeah. maybe it's just the, the largest comeback period of like any game that had a lead that big at any point um, for I, yeah. the other team to win. I don't know. Yeah, I think but, that's um, it. Yeah. But pretty, pretty incredible. Um, yeah. I mean, Lou Williams, we have to just... Yeah, uh, let's pour one out for Lou. Lou Williams was incredible. Um, I love the fact that the final go-ahead three-pointer that the Clippers made um, with 15 seconds left in the game was a play in which a rookie, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, passed to another rookie, Landry Shamit, um, for the three. Like, the fact that LA, the fact that the Clippers are starting two rookies in a playoff matchup against the Warriors and they stepped up in that, uh, you know, in, in that uh, situation 
um, really just like fucking magical stuff. And um, yeah, and I think we just can't say enough about like what the Clippers have done from a roster construction standpoint. Oh, it's incredible! Like, the yeah. fact that they never had to rebuild uh, after trading away, you know, three All Star level players and then another All Star level player in Tobias Harris this past year. Yeah, I mean, um, like they when they traded away Tobias, I think everyone thought they were tanking, right? And rightfully so. I mean, he was the best player on the team, and so you just sort of assume like, oh, okay, they're focusing on draft picks. That's that's yeah. what's happening yeah. here. They're going to keep their first round pick by by missing the playoffs. They'll be in the lottery. Not yeah, only makes so much they, sense. Not only did they like trade away their best player, they got better when they traded off their best player. Like, oh yeah, yeah. I would say that they are. I would already say that they won that deal with with Philadelphia. That they won that trade. I don't um, think there's I any mean, question about it. And getting um, back draft picks and and Shamit, who's clearly like a fucking dude. Like Shamit he and and knows how to play. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like now they also create enough space for themselves in the offseason to sign whichever free agent they like and um it's just it's it's remarkable what that team has done they have like this very clear identity now and they're they're super fun to watch so i'm really pulling for the clippers it would be super fun if they could if they could take this six games um Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. we we will see anything else you want to say about the warriors and the clipper series ben any anything from the warriors point of view that you you, that you saw that you liked just one more uh note um so we you talked about the game within the game in these in these series and um we've uh talked a lot offline about our some of our favorite individual matchups i would say up there in like the top three favorites for me in these playoffs is montrez montrez harrell versus andrew bogut I oh, yeah. want that matchup just injected into my veins. Yes. Um, because you can just you can watch those those uh, players compete and you can just tell that Harold fucking hates Bogut so much. Yes. Um, by the way, this is the alt right Andrew Bogut. Um, I know we joke about how certain players, you know, like uh, um, like could uh, potentially be alt right, but like Bogut could potentially is actually be, be alt right. Bogut right? is actually a self-proclaimed fucking alt right troll. Um, <laughs> Jesus. And I'm pretty sure that like when you you watch like Montrez Harrell play against him, and you can just sense the kind of like fucking disdain he has for him like when he dunks on him and glares at him last night um even though the clippers lost you know in blowout fashion um there was an incredible play where harold um got the ball faced up against bogut and just did this shimmy move and just blew by him for an and one layup and then um and then did like a little dance and then kind of walked back and brushed shoulders with bogut and then tapped him on the ass and it just like it just made me so happy uh like again no matter i don't care if they lose in five games like like montrez harrell will forever go down in my memory as 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 the winner of of the series such disdain both coming from both directions i really love it yeah um all right ben for the interest of time we should move on to probably the, the jazz and the rockets Putting yeah. four-ish minutes on the clock. Jazz okay. Rockets, uh, where do we begin? So the Rockets currently lead the series, what is it, two games to zero? Yep, 2-0. Um, Rockets in absolutely commanding fashion um, have just uh, dominated the Jazz. Um, uh, I think the series is pretty much over. I can't really imagine. I mean, the Jazz just look like they have no answer for James Harden whatsoever. Uh, despite having yeah, you the know, guy's potential... pretty good, huh? James, Martin. yeah, it tr- turns, <laughs> turns out he's out. good. Oh, let's have a wait, quick aside here. Uh-huh. I want to ask you now. We never really had like a, a podcast, like an I end know. of the regular season podcast to go over our uh, you know our end of year NBA award mm-hmm. select uh, votes. But so we talked, I don't know, months ago about um, you know the Harden versus Giannis debate, 
And obviously, we've, we've both been tracking that um, as, as uh, NBA fans uh, very closely. Is it just me or at a certain point, like so for m- much of the season and like getting towards the end of the season in March and stuff, I felt like it was like really neck and neck, like, like you know, experts and, and people who have actual votes, um, you know, that, that I would read or, or listen to podcasts to of um, – you know, they they all kind of like debated back and forth, like, oh, it's a really like anyone could really win this award. Yeah. And then at a certain point it feels like in it April, ended. yeah, everyone was just kind of like ah, Giannis, yeah, yep. it's Giannis, yeah. And it was like, wait, why? It what felt happened? like there was like a memo that went out to all the important podcasts and writers, yeah, and they're right? like, by the way, the MVP will be Giannis, so we can stop talking about this. Now. Exactly. Yeah. Everyone was just like, okay, we all agree on the talking points. Yeah. It's really close. Yeah. Harden could win. We wouldn't right. be upset. Right. But Giannis deserves to be MVP. And I read all these articles and I listened to all these podcasts and I was kind of like, okay, yeah, that's an argument certainly that makes sense. But like, why did all of everyone suddenly decide to to lean one direction? Um, yeah, we, I would I just mean, love an explanation. Like, yeah, yeah, it's really weird to me where it was like, oh, okay, I guess that's it. The argu- the, the the debate's over. Yeah, um, so James Harden. Yeah, it turns out yeah, the debate's not over in yeah. my mind. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's a regular season award, so we can't, you know, factor these these playoff performances into it. But I like if you had asked me, you know, on April 10th, I still would have been like, fuck it. I know everyone's saying Giannis, but I still want to go. I still leaned Harden. Um, and I swear I'm not just saying that because he's been incredible in uh, these first two games. I mean, obviously Giannis has been incredible too. The Bucks are, are dominating the Pistons uh, more, you know, just as much, if not more so than the Rockets are the Jazz. But anyway, um, yeah, Harden's really good. Um, I would say this: the story of this series is, you know, the Utah Jazz's, um, you know, unconventional defensive scheme against Harden. I think we could call it this like side hug defense um, where they're forcing Harden aggressively to the right um, since he's a left-handed player. And the debate is, you know, whether or not that is, has been effective or not. Obviously they've been blown out in both games. So it's pretty hard to argue that they've succeeded in this strategy, but uh, you know, I don't know. It seems to me like it's just a testament to Harden um, and, you know, Chris Paul and their team of, of, you know, three point shooting role players um, to a lesser extent. But, but like, I feel like the debate, everyone is, seems to be saying like, Oh, Utah is so, you know, so stupid for trying this strategy. And, you know, turns out James Harden can dribble, right? Like blah, 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 blah. Like, what are they doing? They're just giving him the lane. And it's like, they must be doing that for a reason. Clearly, like, they're a well-coached team. You know, they had plenty of time to prepare for this matchup and think about what they wanted to do. Um, I don't know. Did you um, watch that video that I sent you of, of the guy breaking down their their scheme in game one? No, I haven't seen it yet. I mean, it's it's interesting because, like, to the naked eye, it looks like a completely ridiculous strategy. Like, you're just totally conceding uh, the lane for Harden to just go in and either you know, throw up a floater or, uh, you know, throw a, a wide open pass to the corner for a three or a lob to Capella, which he's done, you know, pretty easily. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of like, okay, well, I mean, you know, why are they doing that? They're limiting his step back threes. They're limiting his free throw attempts. Um, so I don't know. It seems to me like they're do they're, they're actually like, you know, trying to execute the smartest strategy yeah. and they just don't quite have the personnel or it's just like Harden is too good and it doesn't matter. <laughs> like it doesn't matter what they it. do. I applaud them yeah. for trying something different, you know, yeah. and, and we need to pour one out and maybe talk for a second about Quinn Snyder, their coach. I applaud, <laughs> I, I applaud Quinn for trying something different 
And I think the moral of the story is that, you know, James Harden is an exceptional basketball player. Yeah. And, and um, um, so good on the, you know, good on the jazz for not like going down swinging, but it, it looks yeah. like they're going down. We should talk for just a quick second about Quinn Snyder. Um, yeah, I was going to say, do you have any theories about how Quinn is doing these days, like health-wise? His like, health? I mean, have you have you been yeah. track, tracking him? You so know, how, like, I, he seems really like he's coming undone. Uh, yeah, more you think than, so? Yeah, more than usual. He always uh. seems like he has something very kind of sneaky and slippery going on. But like, yeah. he re- it really seems like... like the the tires are off the tracks at this. You think point. maybe some of his maybe some of his past debts are like catching up with him. I think some of his past debts are, are catching up with him. One idea that I had was that he is either the um, he is either like the devil incarnate, or mm. he has maybe made with maybe has made like a a, a shady deal with the devil. Either way, mm. he is. I, it does appear that Quinn Snyder is like running from like a very sketchy past. There's something there's something he's done in his past that is not okay and yeah um, he I'm, seems exceptionally nervous nervous and, nervous and nervous just kind of like yeah a little a little on edge yeah I would say. and like giggly um it's just <laughs> he's just yeah he's got like the nervous giggle. are you suggesting that he's like maybe dealing with these problems by like medicating in some way i th- i would not <laughs> i would not be surprised one theory i had that i shared with you is that it, it appeared maybe that like he was sipping bathtub gin <laughs> from a flask <laughs> Another idea was that maybe he'd been like using some laughing gas. He goes back to his to the, to the, his office during halftime, hits the hits the laughing gas. I, I don't know. Like he's got a he's got a tank in there. He has like a in, tank. He has a in tank. the locker room, and, and like, he just kind of dips back in exactly. when he needs a quick hit. And one of one of his assistants or Derek Favors just yanks him by the collars, like, "Coach, get out of there! Come on, we got yeah. a game to coach. You're the coach, yeah, yeah, after yeah. All. coach. The horn just sounded. We got to get on. back out there." Um. So, but in all seriousness, I applaud. I applaud the jazz and and coach snyder who is a hell of a yeah, coach man. for trying they're doing something their fucking different. best yeah they're, yeah they're trying something different but the rockets are uh are just are just too much um yeah it turns out they're really good i am so excited for this rockets warriors matchup in round two i love i actually kind of love that they're squaring off in round two and not in the western conference finals why is that i don't I, like i just feel like it's like what everyone wants to see like let's just get it get on with it you yeah. know like let, let's like fucking let's get to this. it already okay. um i mean maybe the you know the conference finals are going to be a little bit of an anti-climax but i don't care i want to i i just am so eager to to get to to watch that rematch and to see what happens yeah um, i don't want to i don't want to wait for it one and thing I'm i'll say is i'm really just, happy I, we don't have to i just want a healthy version of everybody you know what oh I mean? god and, yeah and if it means please, please if it, if it chris means paul. chris paul playing a couple weeks earlier you know what i mean mm-hmm. like with like a like lower probability of him getting hurt then i'm all for it uh yeah. ben we should move on to the blazers and the thunder this is the third seed blazers against the sixth seed thunder this Do series, it. hit that timer. Yep, we are on the clock. This current, this series is currently at uh, what is it? Two games to zero. Also two zero. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, this one, there's not too much to. Well, I don't know. I mean. I think, you know, I, we want to see what the Thunder are going to do at home. Um, you know, Portland went up 2-0 on their home court. And, you know, the, the games were close, though. Um, I guess game two uh, was a little bit more of a, a comfortable for 
for the Blazers, but they, but yeah, game game one pretty much went down to the wire. Um, <laughs> you put this in the doc. I love that um, uh, the Jennifer of uh, the CJ of CJ McCollum <laughs> yeah. fame has yeah. has become like a shouts, national media figure. This is uh, shouts I, to Jennifer. I'm trying, um, of course, this is I'm trying Jennifer, uh, the Jennifer of I'm trying Jennifer fame. So Jennifer Williams is her name. I pulled I pulled this up. Um, oh wow! I did not actually ever realize her or know her uh, last name. Yes, she that? has a last name, Jennifer Williams, yeah. and she uh, legend. She joined a Portland area radio show, and uh, she actually she she gave her thoughts on the team. Basically, said she has no ill will towards towards. Uh, you know, Lillard or or McCollum or mm-hmm. Nurkic or, or... So, so the original tweet was uh, I forget what what McCollum so tweeted, he... but then she she wrote to him like she... win your first playoff game and then you can talk or something. Yes, yes, yeah, she was. Uh, CJ texted something about like stop bringing up old stuff. We it was something I think because they lost to the uh, they, they lost to the Warriors and CJ was tweeting something like, "Hey, they have fall, they have four Hall of Famers on their team, you know what I mean? Like we're trying our best out here." And she t- she tweeted like, "Win a playoff game then talk." And then he mm-hmm. responded, "I'm trying Jennifer." And I'm trying yeah. I'm trying Jennifer became this viral sensation. Yeah. And uh, so of course now Jennifer Williams is her name was on Portland area radio. And she was saying she has no ill will towards any of the guys on the team. And she actually feels like the Blazers, you know, with a little luck, a couple of breaks could make the Western Conference Finals. Uh, Jennifer was brought up in a post game after game one, which the Blazers did win. That's right. uh, Which was, you know, CJ's first career playoff victory, I believe. Yes. Royce Young, ESPN.com. CJ, do you have anything you'd like to uh, say to Jennifer? No man, oh man, I appreciate her. She's a, she's probably a nice young lady. Um, yeah, McCollum's been been playing great, but of course we have to talk about uh, Dame. Yep, like he's just been incredible. The very first possession of uh, Game One, Portland's very first possession, Dame just walks down. Lillard way outside, knocks down the first three. How about that from long range? Pulls up for a fucking thirty footer and nails it. Um, and I just love that, like. He just like you know put his balls out there and just like laid it on the line and been like, "Yep, all right, this is it. Like, I'm just gonna carry this team." Um, yeah, he's kind of really... low key. One of, I mean, uh, I don't, I don't know how we evaluate these things, but he's definitely like one of the best players in the league. Like, like, oh, he, he's, incredible he's incredible and totally like, yeah, it, and, and overlooked because you know he's not Steph Curry, and obviously they haven't been successful in the playoffs. But, but if they like get far this postseason, like he's his name is gonna be. You know, like I just mean, like even like really gonna blow look up. at the guy that he's playing against. He's playing against Westbrook, and I feel like we don't talk about Lillard in the same way and in the same conversation. You know, Westbrook's won an MVP, and I feel like for whatever reason, maybe it's because like he doesn't have the gaudy triple double like you know averages or something that like Lillard doesn't Lillard is, get the same buzz or hype. But he it's crazy because he's just. Yeah, and he's just so fucking consistent that, like, no one really... Everyone just kind of, like, recognizes him as, like, oh, yeah, he's really good, obviously. And he's also, like, and consistently his, below the radar, too, right? Like, he's Right. Just, I mean, he plays, you know, in Portland. Um, you know, he doesn't have, like, crazy, you know, like, crossover moves like Kyrie. He doesn't have, you know, he doesn't, like, dunk like Westbrook. He doesn't really, like... But he just does everything, like, pretty well. Um, you know, he's got, like almost Steph Curry's like three point 
shot and range, but like he's not quite Curry in that sense. So he's like he's got like ninety percent of like all of these other players like absolute superpowers. Um, he's incredible, man. He's the heart and soul yeah. of that team. They're the third seed in the playoffs for the second year in a row. Like they're they're an incredible story. He's an amazing player, and I'm super happy that he is having the success in the first round. Obviously, yeah. the Blazers were a disappointment last year, getting picked off. Uh, in the early goings of last year's playoffs, so I'm I'm stoked that the Blazers are playing so well, and um, yeah, I kind of yeah. love them. And, and of course, after the the, the absolutely horrific Nurkic injury, um, yep. like I you know I love the 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 narrative of of them like rallying you know after that, which could have totally derailed their team because he was just so so critical. Um, Dude, how about and, our, uh, our boy Cantor or X? X- <laughs> I know Ennis. Ennis is having a second life, baby. I love it. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know if he'll be able to actually remain in a game against uh, another team with uh, you know a more mobile center than Stephen Adams. But um, but yeah, I, lo- I love that he's uh, that he's getting out there, getting some some run, and uh, yeah, he was actually pretty important in game one. Um, yeah, it turns a clutch out shot. like just playing basketball with a ton of energy and passion is a skill you know like, yeah and like, he absolutely has that skill i mean he's horrific on defense but he's yeah. actually really really good at at, at uh, scoring and yeah. offensive rebounding yeah fundamentally like there are a handful of players in these nba playoffs that you can point to right away where it's like eh, i don't know if this is a great player but he plays really hard with a lot of energy and he's seven foot yeah. and it's like <clears> well <throat> you know that's kind of like what kenneth farid is too isn't it and like what ennis Cantor is and like there are guys you can make a living in the nba playing 15 20 minutes a night by just being super passionate and big and knowing your place on the floor yeah absolutely um all right anything else you want to say about this series uh, otherwise we should move on to denver and san antonio anything you want to point out from an oklahoma city perspective are we concerned do we think there's life in oklahoma city do we envision i mean how how far do we think this series might go it's weird because i could totally like right now it just kind of feels like portland is controlling things but i could totally envision um you know okc getting back on their home court and winning a game and suddenly the momentum swinging back in their favor like i'm kind of like writing them off in my head yeah you know because paul george doesn't look quite right, right. with his shoulder injury right. and yada yada and you know obviously westbrook had the absolutely disastrous uh game two where he you know shot five of 20 and um, everyone's just clowning on him but um but you know that's like kind of his game and then next game he could come out and you know totally dominate so i think the series is certainly not over um i think we're just getting started here i'm gonna be honest yeah i I, yeah yeah. and i I think it would be a treat i want to say um it would be a treat it would be an awesome thing for all of us if oklahoma city gets back into this series and i think that i think they will i think the series is going to go six or seven games um, don't ask me how I'm not smart like that. I just, I think <laughs> that there's, there's fight in the thunder and I think they're going to go, go back home. They're going to rally and, uh, I'm pulling that for this series to go long. I think it could be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, totally. let's move on to Denver and San Antonio. Oh, so, baby. um, lot to discuss here. Um, you know where I want to begin, you know what I want to talk about. Of course. Who I want to um, talk about. Um, <clears throat> Let me see if I can pull up um, a little text thread here. <laughs> I'm actually curious, yeah. like, at, at, at what point, at what time of day we started texting about this guy. <laughs> um, let's see. This is yesterday, yesterday. morning. Yeah. I'm trying to think if I was dreaming about him and texting you from bed. I mean, that's totally possible. <laughs> <laughs> it would be super creepy. Um but it was definitely in the morning. Yeah. I mean, we, let's see. 
It was shortly after well, breakfast. I, it, it, right. it was probably like 10 o'clock in the morning. I think our, I think our text day started with me sending you the incredible Greg Popovich right. article. Oh, my God. Which I, we recommend everyone in the entire world should read on ESPN.com, the, the Greg Popovich lengthy profile about his love of uh, food and wine. Yes. Um, like really one of my favorite NBA stories of all time. Um, Man, can we talk about like why that was so special just for like a second? I mean, they mentioned it in passing in the article, but I believe they spent something like 18 months reporting that piece. Did you, do you remember that? Like there was like a little line in there that was like, you know, over the past 18 months, months we spoke to dozens of, you know, players and coaches, blah, blah, blah. Um, It's incredible. It's like a 3000 or 4,000 word piece. I don't even know. Um, Going all the way back to Pops, you know, like childhood, basically, in college days at, at uh, the Naval Academy and then coaching at Pomona um, and just, like, tracing this this arc through his life. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's incredible. It's just, you know, it's it's awesome. Everyone should read it. We don't have to, like, he's, recap he, it because people Yeah, he's just, it. like, such a special person. You realize, yeah. like, oh, this is actually not really about basketball anymore. Like, it's actually just about, like, the fact that this person cares about other people so for lack of a better word personally like he's so invested in the lives of all these people um that are in his life or in his professional life and it's just really he's incredibly generous and it's something that i think as basketball fans like you take for granted sometimes because he has this very gruff exterior that uh you sometimes don't understand that there is this insanely generous spirit to the guy um behind yeah, yeah. you know closed doors in privacy and uh, it was just it was so cool to learn about his passion for food for wine and that he is like he's like world renowned like his knowledge of food and wine is like he he can like single handedly and he has single handedly like made people's careers yeah. made entire restaurants yeah. um you know, you know like succeed or fail um yeah i mean he's um it's just yeah everyone should just read the yeah, article yeah, yeah. um of course uh but um but more pertinent to this series so i think it was around 1 p.m. Okay. um that we first mentioned the name and of course, we've talked about him, uh, you know, numerous times Throughout before the this season. Yeah. But for some reason, yesterday we were just we just got on this this kick. Yes, Derek White yep. is the man we were talking yep. about. Mind you, this is before um, their game last night had happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just had like a little a little nerd fest and mm-hmm. just geeked out about our love for Derek White. So, what are the, some of the things that you love about Derek White, Ben? Um, so, I love Derek White's game. Mm-hmm. I also love his hair. I love his hair. Which I, I would characterize as I would say, eraser head, um, <laughs> I, uh, updated for like 2019 uh-huh. with like a sweet like sh- like shaved side. So it's yes. like kind of a flat top, but it's so wild and crazy towards the top. Yes. It's like a you know it's certainly not like curly. shaped. Um, it's curly. Yeah, it's, it's very curly. Yeah. It's like kind of wavy almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's very you know very loose curls and towards the top. And his facial hair complements that too. Like the his, his facial hair is incredible. Yeah. It's like a perfect little goatee. Yes. Um, which you don't really see that often. You know, there's a lot of beards. There's a lot of like kind of like you know. No, shaved. but he has like a straight up like curly goatee. Yeah, he's got like an old school like '90s goatee. Yes. Um, he's also got these like incredible like chunky eyebrows. Yes. Uh, one of which has like a. I don't know if it's a scar or if it's an intentional shave job. Yeah, yeah. Has a little bit of a line through it, which I always love. Yep. Um, and he's got an incredible forehead <laughs> that is 
like 14 inches long <laughs> and curves like the fucking surface of the moon and that's what's amazing i just love Derek white like we don't even have to discuss his game which is incredible like we could just yeah. spend a whole podcast talking about his hair yeah um, his hair and his head are just fantastic yeah um and on top of that he just has one of like the like like I mean, you know, from from uh, observing each other's like uh, fantasy basketball GM uh, techniques, you know, we know which sort of players yes. that we favor. <laughs> I could like Derek White is like my like laboratory specimen of like my perfect player that just doesn't fuck up ever. Yeah. He doesn't turn the ball over. He shoots an incredibly high field goal percentage as a as a you know small guard. Um, Frankly, it makes sense. He's a Popovich player. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I mean, he's like the crystallization of like the Spurs system yeah. just cranking out a perfect player. Which is what? Be efficient. Don't make mistakes. Don't turn over the ball. Like like the first order of business is like, don't make mistakes. Like no yeah. ne- no negatives. Don't bring any yeah. negatives to the table. Then yeah. we can focus and may- on and maybe like positives. Yeah. Right. And games or entire weeks will go by where you don't really do much. Like earlier in the season, White was like pretty much a non-factor. Right. Obviously, he got the, you know, the job after um, their starting point guard, DeJounte Murray, went down in the offseason with a, you know, terrible season ending ACL injury. So he was a sort of unknown guy. It's his second year in the league. Um, no one really knew, you know, what he was. Um, and he started out real slow. You know, Popovich is is kind of infamous for for being you know pretty tough on on rookies or young you know second year players kind of learning the system it really takes time to kind of like uh fit in and and mesh with with what the spurs are trying to do um and for a long time you could tell he was struggling he was really a non-factor in their offense you know wasn't playing a lot of minutes maybe 20 minutes a game and then towards the second half of the season he just kind of started you know figuring it out um and just like kept getting better and better um and then, of course, last night was like his breakout, you know, star star turn, pretty much. Um, scored 36 points, uh, five assists, five rebounds. What was it? Three steals and a block. Yeah. He was like a like a team high plus, thir- plus 34 or something like that, I think, on the night. Um, and just totally dominated Jamal Murray on Denver, um, which is tough. I mean, so we, we've talked, you know, we love this Denver team. Yep. I love the Nuggets. Yep. Um, love Jokic. Love murray and gary harris um uh you know i i i kind of hate the idea of you know when they came into the playoffs as the two seed everyone was like oh they're a you know bullshit two seed they're paper lion and blah 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 Mm -hmm. and i kind of hate that 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 narrative they go down everyone is just going to get that confirmed Mm -hmm. because i think they're a great team um and i still think they have a strong shot so the series is 2-1 you know i think this is Maybe out of all of these first round series, this might be the one that ends up being the closest. I mean, let's be honest, there's really not that there's not that much going on competitively in a lot of these. Warriors, Rockets, yeah. you know, Blazers Thunder could could uh could be tight depending on what happens. Right. Um, if, there's, Bucks, if there's a change, if it, if there's a change in momentum. But at, at right. current it's not. Yeah, it's not yeah, but right. Bucks, Celtics, Sixers, Raptors all looking pretty comfortable. But this Nuggets Spurs series might be like the one that actually uh, is a coin flip. Yeah, you know, I mean, the other thing from that Popovich article is you learn that like actually Mike Malone, the coach of the Denver Nuggets, got his right. 
got his opportunity to coach Popovich Pop- to thank for his entire yeah, career. Yeah. yeah, he went on like he like he. I think he was drinking wine with him in like Argentina or something. Yeah, like they that. went on like a tour of South America together. During, I don't even remember how. Like, it was. It was. I think it was a USA basketball thing. Like they were. Yeah, they were. I, I forget. And Malone was like a college coach at the time or something. Like yeah, I don't even know. He was an assistant or something like that. Right. And they basically spent six weeks together, just drinking wine, getting to know each other personally. <laughs> yeah. And basically, when they came back to the states, without him ever asking, Popovich completely went to bat for Mike Malone. Like, call. I think it was like the front office of Sacramento, and was yeah, like, basically about him and was guy. like, this guy deserves a job. Like this is which the guy. I, I yeah, I love the idea of like you know there sometimes you you have those friends. Um, that are like like just like drinking friends where you like get wasted and suddenly you're like best friends. Yeah, I mean this happened a lot more you know in in our younger days yeah. I think. But um, but you know you you know you 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 go out with someone or you go on some like exotic trip with someone and you're like oh my god this, you're incredible we'll stay in touch forever right. we'll meet back up you know back in New York or whatever mm-hmm. and then you never talk to them again. Right. Um, I love that like that that pop is the type of guy that like follow, I don't know is that is that a no not a I don't think thing? that's weird at all it's like yeah, yeah yeah we should hang out again sometime I'll see you back yeah in New you, York you and exchange like, numbers at the end of the night yeah, you know after your like sixteenth drink <laughs> yeah um, yeah and, but yeah but the fact that pop actually like followed up and was like no 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 I'm gonna vouch for you so you get a job amazing. In this, uh, in this game yeah 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 so, so yeah, we don't want to see denver we don't want to see denver get bounced um, yeah man i fucking lo- i mean obviously i i have a an incredibly um deep deep passion and love for Nikola Jokic. right um i want to see him succeed more than anything what's but, been man, your evaluation if, of Jokic so far through the playoffs i mean he's played really well i think yeah. he's um he hasn't you know he's no, he's done his thing. The big thing with Denver is just that they live and die with their streaky shooters. Um, so, you know, Jamal Murray had a terrible game one and then an absolutely disastrous three quarters of game two before he suddenly caught fire and, and single-handedly pretty much won them the game in the fourth quarter of game two. Um, but then came out, you know, I guess had a, a pretty rough, I didn't see his exact stats in game three, but uh, but was pretty clearly um, dominated by, by Derek White. Um and then Will Barton, who was just a really important um, member of that rotation, um, just has been ice, ice cold. He's been, you know, battling injuries all season, uh, just never really got back in the groove. Um, so, yeah, I mean, with Denver, I, I think it just comes down to, like, if they can hit their outside shots, um, pretty much everything. Like, Jokic and Millsap are, like, pretty constant. You know, they're they're pretty much, like, consistent. Um so I think it's just gonna gonna come down to like if if Murray and and guys like Gary Harris and Barton and Malik Beasley, who's also really important for them off the bench. Yeah, um, yeah, if those guys can step it up a little bit. I think it's gonna be a series. You feel um, for Murray, man. I mean, the guy. I mean, I so much is on his shoulders, and he's just frankly like that's kind of who he is. He's he's a yeah. he's a streaky shooter. So it's when, how he's when, been it, when since it's good, it's year. great, and when it's bad, it's awful. And you know, it's a name that is very significant to both of us, but like it reminds me of a John Starks kind of guy. I was guy. literally you know just I mean? going to say he is he is the the 2019 version of John Starks. I mean, and maybe f- without quite as much gritty defense, yeah. but but you feel yeah, terrible when I look at him because when it goes wrong, when it goes bad, that yeah. becomes this like instant scapegoat. But then it's also like, but you wouldn't have been here to begin with if it right. weren't you wouldn't for have him been there in these crazy nights where he was like bombs away and uh, yeah. yeah. And there's just not much you can do, uh, you know, other than just keep shooting. Like, so, yeah. 
you know, like if he's not, if his shot's not falling, he's not the kind of guy who's going to be, you know, a great facilitator or, you know, he's, he's a pretty good defender, but he's an undersized, you know, point guard. Um, So he doesn't offer all that much more other than just like great, great shooting when he's, you know, when he's hitting his shots. Um, But, uh, but he's just a totally, you know, feast or famine type of guy. Um, Yeah. And uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm definitely pulling for him. I mean, if nothing else, um, uh, he, he won me over with his uh, t-shirt after game two in the, in the post game presser. Did you see that one? Yeah. The NBA jam shirt. (laughs) Yeah. This was after he like literally was on fire. Yeah. NBA Jam style, and he came out in in, uh, in the post game presser with an NBA Jam T shirt with him and Nicole Jokic's faces. Uh, I love it. Pretty pretty fantastic. All right, that was part one of my conversation with Ben Craw. My name's Chris Wendelkin. This is on the line. You can tweet at me at on the line underscore pod. Find me on Instagram. Uh, email me any questions you have about the league, whatever it is, at on the line pod at gmail.com. Check out previous episodes on our website onthelinepodcast.com. Uh, rate, review, subscribe to the show in Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. If you're celebrating a holiday this weekend. I hope it's a great one. Enjoy the company of your family and your friends and the NBA. And I will talk to you guys next week.